You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. The terrorists rejected him, but he came to lead them. He commanded kings, and though he sought no empire, he became greater than all who had come before. We are getting a very interesting picture painted of Alindi. Indeed. Um, just going over a couple of things in the past couple of epigraphs at this point, right? Like, he was a very fine philosopher. He he was a he was of humble origin, and now he sought no empires yet is the greatest well would have been i guess the greatest known if uh someone wouldn't have taken over a certain someone someone well and he he lindy even said in his journal that he was going to be like he could have been a blacksmith like his father i mean that's where he came from um and uh i know he, that Quan said that he could he could uh i think he was witty more than he was like a scholar he could he could argue really really well. Yeah. Um. He could discuss really really well. So he and he was a big tall you know uh uh tall uh how did how did you say corn fed boy? <laughs> no, he was he was a very uh, huge stature guy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it was just it's just kind of a fascinating. We are getting some really interesting neat pieces from the guy who you know made Lindy who he was. All right. We're going to speed run chapter 23 and chapter 24. Oh no, Lical has 20,000 Kolos, and Ellen and the boys are all together, and yikes, it is not looking good. They are quite annoyed, quite scared. It is bad. But the big thing they're trying to figure out here is that the Kolos seem to be just um, frenzying randomly ever since the Lord Rulers died. Which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he was the one keeping them under control. Uh, it's we get to see exactly what Kolos can do here, right? We haven't seen them fight, but clubs. I, I think it was clubs was talking about, or, or no, it was Breeze. Breeze was talking about how one of these outbursts, this frenzy, is happening near one of Set's kingdoms, and Set had to send an army to put it down. And he sent an entire army to fight five hundred Kolos and still lost two thousand soldiers. So Kolos kill approximately four times as many people as they exist, and that only gets no. I mean. That's a very bad way to put it, though, in my opinion, because that's Kolos that were outnumbered heavily. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like these are... Uh, at, at the minimum, they're going to kill four soldiers to every one they lose. Indeed. When they have equal to superior numbers... Who knows? Yeah, we. I, I don't even see... They're them, beasts. They're, they're intense. They're, they're very difficult to deal with. So the group is... The group needs to convince Straff that, you know, they need... They're going to need to work together in order to essentially deal with all these problems and they think the coloss coming is, is is great it's good for them because straff now you know up to this point the 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 city you know the group was pressured to try to find a way to solve the solution but with the coloss coming it's now the armies outside that are pressured to come up with a solution which can work against them as in they just get desperate stupid and they attack and if that's the case Ellen's group's going to lose, you know, even if they, you know, the the other groups don't win eventually, they're still going to lose if that attack happens. Or this might, 
make it easier for them to convince one of the groups to go against the other one. And then hopefully after that fight ensues, hopefully the group together can hold the walls. That's kind of what they're looking at at this point. So it's not good. It's pretty bad. And says it also go ahead. It goes ahead and explains what's happening with the mist and there's things wrong with the mist. There are people dying in the mist and we get a confirmation as you pointed out. The mist is different than fog. Well, here we go. Says it actually goes in, in depth detail. explanation how the mist is different than the fog. And so, you know, it's pretty bad. Says it doesn't know whether or not he like he believes himself, but he's kind of being eh about it. And Ellen's like being super assertive, like, well, no, says it. You're well, going to eat. You're going to like tell us about this. I believe you 100%. You need to keep going. So. Sazed is decides he's going to go back and uh, he's like, yeah, the mist are killing people. It's been confirmed, you know. I don't think he actually says Marsh told him to, but like it's been confirmed to him by Marsh that that's actually what's happening. And he's like, I just need to go to my study. I need to relax and I need to start studying this rubbing that I've taken. And Ellen's like, go ahead and go do it. And um, yeah, you know, I, I think he said something along the lines of, one of the greatest threats to scholars is looking for proof of something they want to be true. And oh my gosh, have we seen that with Quan so far? And, and what he says and what is what and what he said. But he leaves. It turns out that Orian was listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She tried to her, kinda her, hide it. Her hair was all messed up, yet she, she was changed all, in a gown. She was completely dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Okay, sus. But um they send her back to bed, says it goes, and he realizes there's a light on it in his room. And who's there waiting? Tendril. I'm excited. I want to see the interaction between the two. So bad. And so Tendril's not cold towards Sazed necessarily. Um, and she just basically tries to kind of shame him a bit, right? Like, you know, you had duties to follow. Why aren't you doing it? You keep defying the leaders of Terrace. Um, but you can also tell she thinks very highly of Sazed. Because... I, I I don't know. It's it's a weird feeling because she's scolding him, but at the same time, you can tell she's being being like sweet and genuine at times. But in the end, says it's like, nah, girl, I'm gonna go ahead and continue to disobey uh, the leaders of Terrace, and they will come to for forgive me, right? And I want to say at one point, she he says something along the lines of, you know, you're right. The last time I disobeyed, it resulted in the in the, in the end to the Lord Ruler, and she did not like that um, at all. No, no, Tyndall will remember that. And yeah, there's just a lot here because I think the scene ends, the chapter ends with Tendril trying to reach out and hold on to Sazed's hand and Sazed pulls it away and is like, bids her good night. And so it's like, there's something between them. Indeed. Chapter 24, nice and short. Um, But yeah, here we go. Vin is super duper confused about, because Sazed said nothing about the Mist Spirits. He said that the Mist is killing people, but he specifically mentioned, or he did not mention any anything like the like the Mist Spirits. And so Vin's like, well, do I tell him? I don't know. Um, but she goes back and she keeps reading Alindy's notebook. She's it, it says at one point, I find sleep elusive. I hear the thumping from above, drawing me closer with each beat. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that's kind of what it's saying. And Vin realizes she's hearing something similar. She's feeling that alimantic pulse in the distance to the north and it keeps pulsing and keeps pulsing and for anyone who has an older edition of the book or <laughs> it has been listening on audible or some other source actually i don't know but it, you've been listening on some source here 
you might have heard that she she confirmed she asked clubs to burn bronze yeah that's a mistake brandon brandon made an oopsie i heard that and i had to listen to it three times to make sure it was accurate and then i had to go online to see if it was true yeah and it is true brandon is not perfect yeah that that is true um but yeah so that's a, that's an eh. i think in the corrected versions it's something that she she asked a random alamancer a random seeker if he could feel the pulses and the, he says no he can't so vin's feeling these pulses and is just super confused at this point and yeah we get a, a point of view switch to zane who zane's been waiting at the last location he lost her because that is their thing we know wherever they fight wherever they spar wherever he loses her he always returns to that location and normally vin is waiting and they you know whatever it's going to be they they spar they chase whatever and he's like you know vin's not here and he's getting really scared actually because he he's thinking of two things he's saying he needs someone to rely on and right now that's straff we got that in his point of view when they had the dinner um but he's hoping vin can replace straff he he says it to himself if vin if i you know if he can convince vin to let this go and vin is Vin's obviously super strong. He, she, she killed the Lord Ruler. If he, if she can be someone he can lean on, he would be completely fine with betraying Streff. He has no loyalty there. But the thing he's equally as scared about is, is if that doesn't happen, he's starting to doubt himself. He doesn't know if he could actually kill her. And so he, he's like, like not like him holding back. He means like he does not know if he's skilled enough to take her in a fight. Mm-hmm. And so. That kind of scares him. And so Zane goes to see Vin and he mentions, he's like, I can't sneak up onto her. What the heck? Because every time he tries to, she spots him and she's able to find him. And they have this discussion and you can see that Orsur feels kind of uncomfortable around Zane. And I think it's like he's mentioned in the past, like the whole Alamancer's being an issue with hunting his people down. So maybe there is a thing there where he just feels innately nervous around alamancers so you can tell now he doesn't have a poker face yeah he doesn't even as a dog (laughs) so then um basically is having this again this mental battle with zane again zane keeps saying you're being used you're a tool you know and vain uh vain (laughs) vin's like no i'm not a tool i know i'm not being used ellen's not that way um but gosh brandon keeps writing these things in and makes us think right like she goes she points out, man, Zane's nothing like Ellen. Zane's like super assertive. And I'm like, okay, what's, what are you doing? <laughs> what's, what's going on with this? But Zane doesn't trust Van a hundred percent. You know, he's like, fine, you know, you're going to protect Ellen, whatever. And he turns his back to her. Like he doesn't care. And Vin goes, all right, we'll play your little game. And she flicks a coin onto the ground and you see Zane immediately like react and look back at her. He's like, oh, so you are you are scared of me. It's kind of that thought. She, but she thinks she's trying to turn Zane while Zane's trying to turn her. And she's like, I'm never going to turn Zane unless I get him to talk. So she goes, fine. You want to know what I would do if I wasn't here? And he's like, what? She wants to go north, but that's not what she's going to say. She wants to go f- figure out this thumping and stuff. She looks at Zane and goes, I would still protect Ellen. And Zane's like, fine. And he skedaddles and he just says, you know, you're a, you're a toy. You know, we both are. And he says something that's really telling and really scary here. And I th- it's just wonderful manipulation, right? He has the coin. He pulls the coin that Vin drops. And he goes, you know, Mistborn often forget the value 
of coins because we see them just as a means to fly through the air to jump to end a life. And you want to know what? It becomes convenient, just like a tool. And he's look, she's look, he's looking at Vin the entire time, and he leaves. And Vin has that moment of going, "Oh, is Ellen gonna see me as just a tool?" And that's where we're left. Well, it's a little bit more than that. He gets a little bit more specific too, saying like he's gonna eventually have you kill someone, and she's like, "He'll never do that." Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But, and go ahead. But yeah, it's just that idea, right? Like he he he's he. He's making a very interesting and very, you know, real point here. What did Kelsier call her? He called her the knife. The Empire is going to need their assassin, right? And she's kind of like, you know, taken that super seriously to the point it's self-destructive. And Vane's playing on that big time here. He's like, <laughs> Zane. I know you keep saying I keep saying Vane. <laughs> Sorry, I, y'all, I play a game. <laughs> Zane. Zane's taking that like to the next level and really playing on that insecurity. Look, you are the tool. You don't have to be, but you are. And you'll never be anything else other than that until you break free and you work for yourself, essentially. But you know who aren't tools? Our listeners who are going to give and let everyone know that we exist because we're a small project and we hope to be less small in the future. And we appreciate everyone who's been listening to us. Yes, thank you so much. You know, I, I just see Zane right now just going like financial freedom. <laughs> um but you know but no it's actually it was a very apt you know kind of thing like he's right like he's he's like i have literal currency in my hand but i we only see these as tools to be able to fly around and you know use in 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 allomancy but like this actual value here and that's how people view us and he says like you know you're a toy and he says i'm not insulting you because i'm a toy you know we are just pawns in this game and why do you play their game, Vin? And he makes actually some reasonable points. Like this is not this is not um let's say this is not a edgy cringe uh, teenage stuff. Uh, this is more like Heath Ledger's Joker, which is also not cringe and definitely relevant at this time. Um, I'm just saying there's there's mm. there's some there's there's some logic behind this this insanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Like, if you look, right, we, we know because we have Zane's point of view that he's not the best guy. Like, when he walks into Straff's camp, you know, a couple of chapters ago, he's like, everyone fears him. And he's like, this is the way it should be. I have the power, right? I, I'm the I'm the mistborn is essentially what he's saying. Why do I serve someone else? And so we kind of see that that's his view of things, right? Um, but this is kind of this... this you know, I don't want to call it a lie because I don't think it is. It's like a like a mishmash of what he believes slash what he wants. He doesn't necessarily want the power, but he believes if, if they stay there, they deserve the power. He either he wants to be completely independent on himself, doing whatever he wants to do, and whether that's leading armies to conquer a city or just being left alone to 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 not be interrupted. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's just, he's very interesting because he he his motivations are very it's 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 just fascinating. Like you're like you're right. Like he's all about um you know I know how powerful I am. I want to use my power. You know I want, we should be you know in control. But he's also like, but I can't be that way because I'm insane and I don't I'm not the right person for this and I'm not you know any of that stuff. He's a better better Kylo Ren. It, <laughs> I, I can't help but see the dynamic here. I was trying to think of Last Jedi quotes, but thankfully I haven't seen it enough to have any 
in my repertoire. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do, do we even need spoiler references for that? Would anyone care? You need. You, you need <laughs> to let the past die. I think that that's okay. That's my last Jedi quote. Hopefully for the rest of this podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, the last quote. <laughs> but Zane does. You know, it does have like this like fascinating little relationship going on with Ven, and she's also like very intrigued by him. But I think it's kind of in the same way of like. I have no one to relate to, and you're the most related yeah. person that can relate to it, me. It literally ends with her saying, like, she just misses talking to another Mistborn. Right. Like, like someone who understands exactly what she's going through. So, um, it's just, I don't know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this dynamic goes, you know, moving forward. Um, because Zayn's pretty, you know, on top about where he is as his position, and he's basically pointing out Ven's position. So looking at Vin's position, right, we see that Vin is still having this like conflict of character, this idea that she doesn't belong. And in the next chapter, we're going to see where her feminine side that she kind of really enjoyed, you know, bringing out during the the final empire and during her her role as Lady uh, Valette kind of has to come into conflict here and is shown the realism of what it means to be a soldier. Hey, everyone. Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.